to Midday Magazine for Tuesday, January 17th. Rates for residents of Petersburg borough-owned elderly and assisted living facility could be going up. A proposal would raise rents and service fees for Mountain View Manor residents who aren't covered by Medicaid. It's up for a public hearing and second borough assembly vote this evening. The assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. in assembly chambers. The proposal would raise so-called self-pay rates to match those charged to Medicaid recipients. Borough manager Steve Giesbrecht says Medicaid requires self-pay rates to be the same as Medicaid rates. If passed, rents would go up at least $300 a month for self-pay customers, and service rates would go up $600 a month. At the last meeting, Assemblymember Donna Marsh asked whether this might be a hardship for some families to cover if they're paying out of pocket. Manager Giesbrecht says that no one likes to raise rates, but it's important for the borough to be able to accept Medicaid patients, which make up about three-quarters of residents. In other business, the Assembly will take public comment before a final vote on a proposed rezone in the Greenbelt subdivision between Haugen Drive and 13th Street. If passed, the parcel will switch from open space recreation to commercial. It will go up for sale to the public. The Petersburg Indian Association owns the neighboring property and is interested in buying the parcel. The tribe hasn't said publicly what it plans to do with the property. The Assembly will also hear from the borough's housing task force about the value of a housing needs assessment for Petersburg. That data could be used when applying for grants and funding to address the housing crisis. Manager Giesbrecht will give updates on a variety of borough projects, including grants for replacing the Clearwell, part of the community's drinking water system. He'll also update the Assembly on insurance for the Blind Slough Hydroelectric Plant and progress on dredging the South Harbor. The manager also reports that Petersburg's public library was recently ranked in the top 3% of libraries in the nation. Assembly members Bob Lynn and David Kensinger are requesting that the borough write a letter to the State Transportation Department asking for help refurbishing a remote Mitkoff Island boat launch. They'd like the state to help with funding for a new float and dock at Papke's Landing, about 11 miles south of downtown Petersburg. That would help the landing stay functional while the borough works toward purchasing the land from the state. Again, Petersburg's Borough Assembly will meet at 6 p.m. in Assembly Chambers. KFSK will broadcast that live and we'll post the recording on our website, kfsk.org. Anyone from the community can join the meeting in person, by phone, or on Zoom. There's more information on kfsk.org. For almost 20 years, Senator Burt Stedman has represented much of Southeast Alaska in the state legislature. District A includes the communities of Ketchikan, Wrangell, Petersburg, and Sitka, and several smaller towns in between. The next legislative session begins today, and for the 11th year, Stedman will co-chair the Senate Finance Committee. He'll oversee efforts to create a multi-billion dollar operating budget. There's a lot on the table. One recurring issue is the Alaska Permanent Fund. Stedman told Coast Alaska's Angela Dunin that the state needs to balance its long-term fiscal health against its ability to pay large permanent fund dividends. It's not the individual dividend that creates the problem. It's when you combine everybody's dividend together, we don't have the cash. So we're going to talk about that and try to come up with how, how we could rewrite the formula and, and make some adjustments and see how that goes. But clearly there's no math model that I've ever seen that shows that we could afford to not change that dividend formula. 
So what I'm hearing is that maybe instead of looking for new revenue and more money, maybe looking at what the state is already getting now. Well, there is support by some legislators to impose income tax or sales tax across the state and pay it out as dividends. But you're just taking it from people that are working and spreading it out. That doesn't make any sense. I think it's unlikely we're going to pass a statewide tax, an income tax or a sales tax. Well, one of the big budget items for the operating budget that you see is for the Alaska Marine Highway System. Uh, you know, southeast and other coastal areas have not been satisfied with the lack of ferry service in recent years. I'm wondering what the legislature can do about that. What are your thoughts? Because Governor Dunleavy's administration has vetoed millions in ferry funding in his first four years in office. So he's going to be around for another four years. What would you like to see this year? <laughs> well, let's not forget that the legislature is the appropriators. But the governor has a line item veto on appropriations, and it's the strongest veto protection of any governor in the country. It takes three-quarters vote in the legislature to overturn an appropriation veto. So unless you can overturn his veto, which is unlikely, uh, he could set that level of funding to, frankly, any level he wants. He has a very strong hand in some of the budget negotiations that take place. So I'll work with the governor to try to um, restructure the marine highway uh, the best we can from you know, our position on the coast, but not all legislators are supportive of the marine highway. And there's fewer and fewer of us on the coast relative to the rail belt. So it, it is a challenge. Um, on the positive side, you know, we've got a, some federal funding that Lisa Murkowski uh, structured in an appropriation bill here several months ago. And there's $200 million a year for ferry systems. But we're not the only one that qualifies the state. So we're still sorting through that to figure out how much the state's going to actually get, when it's going to arrive, and then how to split it between operating costs and capital costs. So that that's a positive. But my goal is to make sure the Marine Highway still is in existence four years from now. Senator Bert Stedman represents much of Southeast in the state legislature. He was speaking with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning. The next session begins today. On Thursday, Governor Mike Dunleavy announced his carbon management bill package. When introduced to the legislature, the bill will outline new regulations that will help the state break into growing carbon markets. Dunleavy believes it could bring millions or billions in new revenue to the state. Alaska is poised and has a real potential to monetize and capitalize upon the uh, the discussions regarding carbon. Carbon dioxide is the most commonly produced greenhouse gas. The market for storing carbon has been growing. Carbon resources are increasingly sold and traded in the form of carbon offsets or credits. Companies and other entities can buy or sell them to comply with greenhouse gas emissions regulations or to meet voluntary emissions goals. Dunleavy says there's a lot of potential to expand the market for carbon in Alaska. The question, of course, is um, what types, what kind, what amount 
of money could Alaska realize in this process. Carbon is naturally stored through biological processes in trees, kelp, and soil. It's also possible to compress carbon and pump it underground. In Alaska, Dunleavy hopes to do that in the oil and gas basins of Cook Inlet and the North Slope. Alaska Native Regional Corporations have already been selling carbon credits since 2015. They've brought in hundreds of millions of dollars in recent years by selling credits to companies in California and elsewhere. Dunleavy pointed to their success as proof of concept. Though the new legislation deals with one of the most important greenhouse gases, Matthew Jackson with the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council says it's not climate policy. It's more of a financial tool than a climate solution. And I think if that financial tool can be used to incentivize new kinds of economies, regenerative economies, then maybe carbon credits can be good. But if this is just a a new way for the state of Alaska to make money from things that it's already doing, um, that's not necessarily bad, but it has nothing to do with solving the climate crisis. The bill will be formally introduced sometime after the legislative session starts today. The Juneau School Board will no longer pursue an investigation into the district's communication about last year's floor sealant incident. Staff mistakenly served students floor sealant instead of milk last summer. Some parents said calls from the school came too late. The school board considered a third-party investigation into the district's communication about the incident. But at a school board meeting last Tuesday night, they decided against it. Board member Martin Stepaton said investigations into the incident itself had been sufficient. We have learned a great deal about um, what we can do to protect ourselves from this happening again. And, and that's the most important thing. Member Emil Mackey argued that the investigation was still worth pursuing if it could restore families' trust. There may be only a few people out there that still really are concerned about it, but what if we aren't, what if there is something to learn that we're going to miss? But Superintendent Bridget Weiss said she felt that trust had been restored. She said proof was in the fact that students kept coming to the program after the incident. We had... Uh, families in rally the very next day, every day for the remainder of the summer. Um, And that is because this is one incident um, and not a large series of incidents where there had been challenges and problems. Several groups investigated the incident, including the Juneau Police Department, the State Department of Environmental Conservation, and the food vendor, Nana. NANA created new shipping and receiving protocols following the investigation. Residents and lovers of Wrangell can point to all sorts of charming, stunning, small-town things that set the island apart. But how does a community get that message out to potential visitors, or even investors? As KSDK's Sage Smiley reports, Wrangell's local government is adding a new tourism and marketing coordinator to try to spread the word. Wrangell Borough Assembly members say it's high time the government dedicated a position to trying to market the island to independent travelers. The Assembly unanimously supported the formation of a new Wrangell Marketing and Community Development Coordinator position at their January 10th meeting. Well, and, and really the first thing that needs to happen is the development of a tourism plan. We do not have a tourism plan. 
Carol Rushmore is Wrangell's economic development director. The new position is part of a growing trend in Southeast Alaska as communities look to capitalize on the state's ever-growing tourism market. Juno hired a tourism manager in 2021, and Ketchikan hopes to add its own in the coming months. The Assembly considered adding a staffer last year that would have been focused more narrowly on growing tourism, but ultimately decided to expand the role. Rushmore says while tourism to the 2,100-person island of Wrangell is one focus of the new position, it's also more broadly a marketing position for Wrangell itself. And again, not just tourism, that's a large component of it, but also the marketing and the promotion for the other industries and um Rushmore says Wrangell has been doing just enough to get by to solicit visitors to the community, but there's lots of room for improvement. And she says there are some misconceptions in town about what sort of marketing the borough wants to do. The marketing portion for tourism is for the independent traveler. It has nothing to do with cruise ships. This is, it's, it's the transient tax budget, which is basically heads and beds. And so um, that's very important, I think, for the community to understand, because I think everybody thinks we're doing nothing but marketing to cruise lines, and that's not the case. Rushmore noted that independent travelers who arrive by ferry or airplane spend more money and spend more significant time in the communities they visit than cruise ship tourists. Word of mouth from independent travelers like hunters, fishermen, and wildlife enthusiasts is really what builds the reputation of a small place like Wrangell, Rushmore said. Tourism is changing so dramatically these days um, with, with online marketing and, and, and um, how you do the tracking and the mechanisms for Google. I mean, it's just it's getting to be very, very complex. Uh, but to be competitive, you have to be able to learn and do those things. The new position will help track metrics like how visitors arrive, plane, ferry, yacht, as well as potentially develop and carry out summertime surveys of visitors. Rushmore says it will take time to establish a base of data about who visits Wrangell and why. But that will help build a long-term plan for maintaining and growing the island's small tourism market. An additional person in the economic development department could also help solicit more specific engagement from travel writers and bloggers to gain name recognition and notoriety for Wrangell. Rushmore cautioned it could take a few years to really start to see results from the new position, as marketing and advertising can be set a couple of years in advance. But through metrics like website visits, ad view, and link clicks, as well as a potential increase in the borough's hotel tax, she says she hopes the community will start to see progress sooner. Mayor Patty Gilbert says she thinks the community's investment in tourism and marketing wrangle will pay dividends for years to come. So I think this will... Uh, move us forward, and, and it's marketing rival, so what could go wrong? Anybody see, anybody see a downside? I, I don't. And I think we'll, we'll realize the impact from uh, making these expenditures. Rushmore says the borough hopes to start considering applications for the new position in mid-February. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. And for KFSK, I'm Rachel Cassandra.